0: Three Dogs North is an attempt to objectify the subjective with little violence as possible. The following has been torn from its origins in space and time and put entirely at your disposal.
1: Question: Yes, this I would actually be open to Rex on this. Well, one, I guess, first off, we're I think we're seven years into this thing. Mm -hmm. We have never been gifted beats by Dre. I will say that to start off. I don't I have also come to terms with I don't know who Dre is. I don't know if they're like what we even want deep down. Mm -hmm. But (laughs) um, my AirPods, I think, are dying. Do you guys have any wrecks on? Should I just get AirPods again? What do you guys think? I do not have any any
2: recommendations for you. I only have anti recommendations, meaning, like I would also like recommendations because all the stupid headphones that I've tried to buy
0: are stupid, and You're they fail about Bluetooth me. Bluetooth headphones, Bluetooth earbuds,
2: Bluetooth yeah. headphones that, especially in the car, I cannot find a pair.
0: You're not that supposed to wear earbuds in the car. Uh-huh, what? <laughs> It blocks out the the ambulance.
2: I think the word you're looking for is ambience, and that's what it's supposed to do. (laughs) It blocks out the ambience. (laughs) That's that's ambient noise cancelers. That's why I got them. You imagine somebody (laughs) running
0: around Bose noise cancelers in their car.
1: Mm.
0: Well, that's an interesting question, too. Obviously, you're not allowed to drive if you are visually impaired, but what if you're hearing impaired? People can't get driver's license right if they're deaf
1: i would assume so yeah but i I do think my well
0: i'm just asking because my instinct and i don't know if i ever read this in driver's ed is that you're not allowed to have headphones on in the car because you're supposed to be alert to the sounds
2: right i i've thought about that too and i remember that rule but we're old and i think things have changed because you're also Mm. you have to have a hands-free headset (laughs)
1: right yeah so that would be maybe that's the core of my question now is like, well, what would it be the difference between an AirPod and a like hands-free headset?
0: Well, the hands-free headset looks a lot dorkier. <laughs> 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 well and it's also in one ear, not two.
1: But if you have the Bluetooth ones, you can wear just one.
0: That's well, I see I've done that in the oh. car because my I prefer it. I think it sounds cleaner to. The person you're talking to than over the car mm, for sure that's
2: you know. what i want that's what i want because i don't know where my voice comes into the car yeah so you're speaker. yelling into
0: the screen or the <laughs> steering wheel <laughs> like,
2: literally leaning forward yelling into my steering wheel Under the windshield <laughs> can you hear me <laughs> is this better it's this- <laughs>
0: I, you know yep. i've never thought about where is the car listening to me yeah I,
2: I have no idea it's just wow. around it, it's kind of everywhere so then I, sometimes i'll aim it at my phone like aim my voice ah <laughs> at my phone directly no i don't think it's there i don't know um but it did make me think like one connor
0: what's your beef with deaf people two I have no beef do not say that <laughs> <laughs> take
2: that back
1: <laughs> take that back, <laughs> take that back.
2: <laughs> two uh we may not have that many fans that are hearing impaired we need to that's
0: true you know they are they this app zencaster now has a transcript functionality and it's pretty decent actually i looked at one of them
2: i've heard of those before
0: yeah but to be honest with you if you have to read what we're saying it's not worth the time read anything else
2: it's barely worth the time to listen yeah
0: and that's (laughs) if you're doing something else while
1: you're listening. At least one other thing. <laughs> At least one other. Possibly You yeah, should be cooking and doing your taxes while you listen to us.
0: <laughs> I think in answer to your question, I would get another set of your uh AirPods. I think they're they're the best. I, I work out with them. I don't take very good care of them. I sweat a lot and they never fall out of my ears. I go for runs with them and I use them to talk on the phone. <clears throat> I have used it in the car like I said, to to be a cleaner phone call than over the steering wheel mic. I think they're great. I've tried a couple others, both in-the-ear things that didn't work as well. I've never really tried the the over-the-ear, but I have been in Zoom meetings where people are wearing the over-ear ones and wherever the mic is in those, it just sounds so bad and you hear the (laughs) of it rubbing against their head. I don't like it.
1: Mm. AirPods it is. And these lasted a long time. Like I, I'm, yeah, they were dependable enough. I had them. I mean, several years. So I'm satisfied with the purchase. How many years did you have them? More than one. Okay, <laughs> and less than ten. Oh, that's and a that's a years. broad range. <laughs> well, when did AirPods? I got them. They hadn't been out that long. I think they're. I think they're first edition. I think I remember you getting them. You got them in mm-hmm. seminary, didn't you? Oh yeah, yeah. We've been yeah. priests three and a half years. That's pretty long, man. So probably four yeah. or five
0: years. Oh, I yeah, have for a little pair Ricky of, dink air pads that last that long.
2: That's pretty good. Yeah, I got a pair of these Logitech that I used to work out, and they've been really good. And so then I tried to get some fancier Logitech to use in the car. No bueno. Hmm. Yeah, and I'm really frustrated because I keep wasting like twenty fifty dollars and i may as that's well just my friend it
0: uh says i'm too poor to buy cheap
2: yeah it, yeah I exactly dime you. Mm. exactly
0: make one purchase of something that's good and it's gonna
1: last long instead too of a bunch of little cheap poor purchases to buy cheap i'm gonna use that again mm-hmm. yep it's a nice like pretense Lambo, for buying buy. yourself nice things yeah <laughs>
0: I gotta say guys, I've, I've been reflecting and praying. Um, I have enjoyed the podcast a lot lately. Um, I don't know if it's just my current state of life and whatnot, but, um, or it's the help of John and Megan, uh, not having so much to do any of the production notes and things like that. Um, but it does feel like it's taking on a life of its own. And I do look forward to talking to you guys. So just wanted to share that. It is cool to think about seven years that we've been doing this and uh, that we have over 250 episodes. And we're A, not sick of each other yet. And B, I mean, borderline not running out of things to talk about. We pretty much talk about
1: the same things, but from a different angle. Yeah. No, I would, I would agree, man. It's... Uh... It's good, it made me think I had not intended to bring this today, but um it was something that it might have been maybe in a conversation with John at some point, but um, he said something we were talking about like content that we already have and like just the idea of writing projects and um, things like that, and yeah. I so my question I was thinking about this it was probably a couple of weeks ago have there been any like i don't know episodes or discussions throughout for seven years is a long time jeez that have like stood out to to you guys at all like mm-hmm. if there was like an episode that like you still or discussion you still think about or like if you're like, hey, if we were going to like write something or like take a transcript and try to like expand it a little bit more into an essay or something like that, like anything mm-hmm. come to mind?
0: I think with the things that I have in my head is sort of um, pegs of like time or time stamps of what I remember about what we've talked about is usually like the books or the movies that have um, shaped like our conversations or our, my thinking, uh, the first one that comes to mind for me is the end of the affair, uh, by Graham green. And like, we're, I'm in a discussion right now about relics going into this altar for the chapel and, um, whether or not it's really legit. And according to the new rubrics and whatnot, for the dedication of an altar, it's supposed to be a recognizable piece of a bone and it's supposed to be underneath the altar, not in the Mensa and, like what's practical in a small chapel and at a small Newman center, like we're not going to get a femur of St. Sebastian, Um, you know, a recognizable bone. What you get is these little teclas of flakes of a bone. And, um, you know, is is it practical to make a crypt or just like a little aperture in the Mensa and a reliquary underneath? And so anyways, I've made my case for why I think it's, it's a worthy tradition to, to do in the way that you're able to do it. And this is, you know, in the spirit of the law, but anyways, it's in the hands of the powers that be, um, whether or not we'll do it. But, uh, I keep thinking about the end of the affair and isn't there some scene at the end where her hair, uh, is like somehow miraculous or whatever. And, um, do you guys remember what I'm talking about towards the end of the book? Spoiler alert, she dies. Um, and there is this like the the author, the narrator, who is this really cynical atheist materialist who thinks the whole thing is a bunch of mumbo jumbo. It's like dismissive of the priest who then makes some comment about how like isn't any wonder that if like she's part of the body of Christ that even her body would carry the weight of this, the miraculous, or whatever, you know, the divinity. And so, like, I don't know, to, for some reason, in my imagination, that mystical body theology through that story made mm-hmm. sense. And why you would put a relic in or underneath an altar is because the altar is Christ, it symbolizes Christ in the liturgy. And just like in Revelation, you have all those martyrs under the altar. So, you know, like the church suffering on earth is an extension of the incarnation of Christ's body. And so it makes sense to put the church in the altar, you know, um, these pieces of their body. So it's not magic. It's sacramental of the reality that's being celebrated, you know, but that's one example. Like I remember us going we must've had three or four episodes just to kept referencing that book, which now at my book club, my old priest book club is reading that now so Hmm.
2: yeah yeah i do think at the end of the movie or at the end of the book uh is there a guy with a disfigured face that i think he has his face healed by the Mm. hair something like that
0: that might be it
2: yeah i can't remember we're kind of
0: this is right up our alley right here (laughs) (laughs) spark (laughs) Uh, notes end of the affair let's see
1: yeah, but there is a guy that she visited that like no one else knew. I don't yeah. remember the healing part though.
2: I think it was a part of the uh, kind of the punch you in the face uh, effect that Graham Greene had with her growth and sanctity towards the end of her life. And there's like the revelation of God's grace that's been present and and working in her life. He does such a good job of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I I can't remember. Well, I guess two things is that, yeah, I agree with you, Connor, and I appreciate you saying it. Um, I have really enjoyed the podcast as of late, and I was thinking about that as well. Um, and I wonder how much of it has to do with just the capacity to do video chats now mm. that has kind of added another element to our ability to connect and things like that. That's kind of made it more lively and... More like a real conversation, you know? Um, but I, I've definitely felt it also like when we finish talking, just feeling joyful for the rest of the day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then I don't know, to the episodes, I have such a short memory and I don't log things very well in that way. And so like the ones that come to mind are just some of the most recent ones that have been, that I'm still kind of ruminating with. And, um, but I don't have any, any that go back. I mean, we're going on almost eight years because mm-hmm. we started be in fourteen. In yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh wow, yeah, that's that's a really long time. Um, so I guess I'll throw it back to you, Rob. I mean, do you have any that come to mind?
1: Not really. I I my answer is kind of similar to yours. My yeah, memory is terrible. I've always it's one of the like the the line. I think it came from you. That's but years ago, we did. I don't remember what the whole episode was about, but we were very, uh, just in love with Grace Kelly for a while in the seminar. Remember going back and watching all those movies of hers? She's such a great actress. And, uh, but you, the, the line, a gust of beauty, Mm -hmm. that one has always stayed with me. Mm. And like, um, yeah, I'll talk to you. Like even in marriage prep or something like that, especially just getting talk like to talk to guys and, um, y- you know, we'll we'll talk about just like preparing their hearts for for marriage. And I'll, I'll use that sometimes of like a gust of beauty. Wow. so that was one. Yeah, that is a good line.
2: That's Grace Kelly.
1: That was Rear Window.
2: Rear I remember window. the
1: scene. Yeah, man. When she comes busting in, mm-hmm. you just feel it. Yeah. I, I like the point on the video chats, though it's been it's been great. Mm.
2: Yeah, I think we finally got things squared away and are able to get it pretty consistent and mm-hmm. not as many hiccups, which is makes it even more pleasant because the hiccups make it even more frustrating. Oh yeah, yeah. and, well, and it's
0: can... it's really something you said. Uh, I, I end up. Our, I don't want this podcast to be about the podcast, but um, there's not many things that you can say that about like, after we get done, I feel more joyful or, or whatever, you know, something just to have something to look forward to that. And this is after, you know, we often get up at six in the morning and do it um, hmm. before other things it's worth sacrificing for. It's just a, a real gift from God. Um, you guys, the priesthood, this podcast our friendship mundelein seminary three north man just blessings upon blessings
2: yeah dude this is great i was thinking had you know any like long time uh popular amazing tv show <laughs> will have like a christmas episode <laughs> This is being released after Christmas, but I don't care. It doesn't matter. <laughs> this is like a Christmas episode, dude. Yeah. I'm I'm so excited. I wanted this to happen. I did not <laughs> manipulate this to make this happen, but I just, I got to say it. I'm so happy. Um, yeah. No, no, no. You're totally right, man. It's just all these great things that we've been given and then just kind of, yeah. thanks be to God, been able to live into. Um, yeah. Well, then if I can... Well, Rob, did you have something there?
1: No, I was silencing a call on my cell phone. Good. I mean, Good. I'm totally present here, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, this is a Christmas episode. Get <laughs> your head in the game. I would the only thing and then go with. But uh, yeah, thinking on that, the Christmas episode spirit. um yeah, I think a few years into into priesthood and like long enough to have some ups and downs and it and understand the life way better and everything like that. But uh, the cast to me is such an extension of like the the deep graces from the camp of like living on mm-hmm. three three North. Which man, I mean, I tell I still tell like three North stories, and it was wild up there. Man, yeah. like it was wild. Wa- I I don't know another place to describe it. Of like, it was it was like, it was like as wild as a fraternity, but virtuous. Mm-hmm. That was my experience of it. Hmm. It was it was awesome. Hmm. It was awesome.
0: Yeah, there was a good sort of Dionysian spirit. I remember one time Blaha, we were talking about like the schedule of the cam meeting and stuff, and the expectations of the dogs before, during, or after the meetings, and and he said something like. I, I can't do homework after cam meeting. I get the dogness in me and I just can't, I can't settle down. So, and I was like, that's it. Mm. We do. We're, we're, we're sort of like possessed of this spirit that, uh, is both kind of chaotic, but what's the, uh, D and D thing. Um, chaotic, good. You know, it's like, it's good, but it's, it's kind of wild. Mm. Um, yeah
2: no it's very true it's very very true when we were telling stories the other day about like snowball fights and things like that i remember
0: <laughs> we talking air? about that on the air or no that was no, after was but it i think
1: it was it was, was it before, I think it was
0: before. Yeah. yeah
2: it reminded me of um like i remember doing like oh, just crazy stuff on the cam and yeah and, and living this virtuous life simultaneously and uh, just recognizing a lot of the graces that were handed down to our class. One was, was being able to join the cam when your class was coming in Connor and Mm y'all had like five or six uh, fully uh, imbued with dog spirit men that we got to look to. And I think we had maybe four or five, in our class that joined. And so it was a nice little parallel to y'all. Um, and so it's always good to have somebody who embodies the spirit to look to what the example is like in reality. Mm-hmm. And one, one such man was Adam Wilzak. Yes. Father Adam Wilczak, truly a man. And uh, I remember fighting him in the snow. <laughs> oh my gosh. And it was Yeah, for listeners who don't know Father Adam Wilczak, he is the shape of a refrigerator. (laughs) (laughs) Like, actually, he is huge. And it was a professional weightlifter at some point, or at least a competitive weightlifter. He was an amateur, but he
0: was in in competition. Amateur.
2: Okay. Okay. And, uh, but he holds records. Lift insane amounts of weight, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I remember one time, like, being utterly convinced that. I was going to knock him off his feet and just (laughs) obliterate him. And I did like, I tried to T-bone him. You know, he was making that turn heading up to the refectory around the walkway in front of the theology house building. And I just cut right through the snow and tried to spear him. And I thought I broke my back. It's like, It was like tackling a wall, dude. <laughs> it's funny. Will Zack had that effect on
0: me as well. Like I would just we would just be sitting there, and he was so, um, I don't know what would be the the humor that he was, the, the sanguine or choleric or something. He was just like or melancholic. He would just sit there, and he was not easily riled up. Mm-mm. But then I would just I would he I would look at him and I'd be like, I want to beat you up, dude, and. <laughs> And I would just be like, dude, do not make me come over there. (laughs) And he'd be like, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Somebody needs to hold me back right now. (laughs) So then I'd be pushing at him. And he like he would not give his full strength until finally I just bugged him enough and been like pushing him and pushing him that he would give me everything he got. And I swear it, it would launch me 40 feet down the hallway. Yeah. Done. I would slide on carpet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yep
2: yeah he was an immovable beast but that was like pretty common yelling and screaming trying to tackle each other and then one of the great moments it may have been after you left connor but father dan wager another giant human being yeah. from kansas city six eight huge definitely i'm glad he's a priest and all but he could have been a great nfl lineman no joke <laughs> dude but i think he may have missed his calling Primarily there, but when we cleared out the cam room and renovated it, we had to get rid of one of the old sofas. Oh my gosh. And it's hard to carry sofas downstairs mm. and upstairs. The the turns and the tight squeeze and we have that sick balcony. <laughs> Do you know how easy it is for gravity to take a sofa down three flights of stairs? <laughs> And Dan Wager came out on the balcony with the couch over his head. Oh my gosh! <laughs> At six eight, I like yelling, Ugh! and chucked it off the balcony, and it and it hit, and you know it was already broken and busted and everything. But was this on the, the boulevard out.
0: outside of Father Dog's room?
2: No, 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 no. We this did one, was
0: we did one out, out that balcony. Which we lit it, on fire, just for just to say we did it.
2: You lit the balcony on fire? No, we
0: lit the couch on fire, oh, just very slightly. The <laughs> and then threw it off the balcony. And then someone was there, I think Elvio Baldion, and threw water on it to put it out, because that's where the dumpster was. And we, were, we just thought, wouldn't it be funny to say we threw a flaming couch off of this balcony? <laughs> we were in the prime spot on campus as well, oh, yeah. where everyone would walk by.
2: Right, but that's like all fraternity stories. But then,
1: but that's there the thing. Was that, great virtue to it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was like legitimately like friendships and praying together, talking about graces, always. Yeah, it was very very formative, man. I mean, I've I've heard like, and I would say this as well, but I've heard like several guys talk about like the cam almost being a vocation saver in... Mm-hmm in a way. And, um, I know it, it deeply formed me because that was and this was nothing against like any seminary or anything like that, but going in, you just have so many questions around seminary and like, Hey, what's this going to be like? And all of that. And I think like implicitly you're just like, man, I, I still gotta be a dude, you know, like, um, gotta be able to hang and have good friendships and have fun. Um, and yeah, the cam just it exceeded that. But I think that, I think that that's important in like so many asks, not just a seminary of we've talked about this before Mets, but what term do we use? We used to throw at stuff like it gets Catholicized or something like that, mm-hmm. which pretty much like if something cool is happening, that's like the faith is integrated in. There's always, there's always that person that. I don't know how else to say it, like just wants to make it lame, you know yeah, neuter no it. Other, <laughs> yeah, there's just no other way to say it. Mm-hmm. And you can't you can't do that, man.
2: Hm. Hmm. And you don't think that happened on the cam. Is hmm. that what you're saying?
1: I, that was not my experience that that did not happen. Yeah, it was kind of resistant to that because it was <laughs> we had our own
0: internal methodology of accountability to the ethos we'd hold each other to it in fun ways you know mm-hmm. and there was built in a certain corporate virtue that we were all striving for but also individually like I remember me and Scott Harder we were the only two of our class on the cam when we were in second year pre-theology kind of like you probably you two probably were as well right
1: of your yeah. class yeah a couple guys discerned out yeah. Or, was it just us that was all the way through? Anyway, yeah, so. So, so me and Scott,
0: yeah. our first year on the cam, um, that was when I first started praying a holy hour every day. Like it was not made clear, at least to me, I didn't ever hear it that you're supposed to do that every day. And um, yeah, we we just we go over to Marytown pretty much every day after breakfast, um, or like whenever we had our morning gap either the first period or the second period and go pray over at Marytown. And it was just what I needed to get my body somewhere else in front of the Eucharist exposed and, and pray and build that habit up that then I went to IPF this summer after that and kind of had this experience of of really being sure this is what I wanted to do. This is what God was calling me to do, but it was, you know, not in a vacuum, not an individual sport. Um, us living down the hall from each other and being part of that and then the the dog thing was we're the best damn cam on campus with the highest gpa um which was tongue-in-cheek but really like the best damn cam on campus thing was that we stay late the highest gpa (laughs) we stay late at things and we help clean up and we volunteer for stuff um yeah like we represent on campus so there was this pride in it and which was funny when it would drive people crazy.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Which is unfortunate, but then it also is basically like <clears throat> baiting us. You're like, you know, that makes us want to bark a Posture little louder. More. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Do you get a little side bark or <laughs> just coming out the side there? Yeah, no. It, and like a lot of this is making me think of a lot of conversations I've had recently with my siblings who are young adults and, and thanks be to God have good social structures in their life. But uh, just been talking to my family a lot in gratitude of all the friends that like the Lord's put in my life and uh, in seminary, but even before seminary and then after seminary and priesthood. And, you know, it's kind of what we're talking about is just the CAM facilitated authentic friendship aimed towards being priests of Jesus Christ. And I don't know how people do it without friends. Yeah. Like it seems so essential to me. And, uh, and that's just looking experientially and reflectively on my own life. My good gravy, good friends were a part of like the most fundamental transformations of my life. Jesus, Jesus included like that's friendship Mm -hmm. essentially as well. Um, but dang, friends are so good. Yeah.
0: Even now, I have uh, Tim Anastas here, who I met on the cam. Even though he was at U of I four years before me, <clears throat> or after me, um, but I got to know him a couple of years he was on at Mundelein before we went off to the NAC, and now he's my associate. We live together. You still have dogness in all its forms. Um, <laughs> he decorated our hallway, the office hallway, according to the Three North aesthetic, oh, which people loved.
1: Yeah, man. Um, people do love that. That brings yeah. joy, man. <laughs> brings so much
0: joy, right? So, it is, it's something. Uh, I, I also don't know how, how you get through life without, without friends. Um,
1: do you know, I just learned this, um, that the the thing that pope benedict mentioned the most in his writing and i don't know if it's in his full body of work or just when he was pope but how it was told to me like the thing that he mentioned and talked about most in his writing was friendship with jesus Mm -hmm. like not any you know all the kind of vast amount of work that that he did and he's so prolific in so many areas of theology And apparently that's what that's what he talked about the most was being a friend of Jesus.
0: Hmm. That's good. I probably mentioned this a million times before, but Schoenstein once said something about that. He's like, if you read the Bible every day, you will be a friend of the Lord. Hmm. And uh, I just thought, this guy's a friend of the Lord. Schoenstein, he's this erudite kind of weird dude that, you know, doesn't really talk much, he'll get up there and kind of awkwardly mumble through a lecture and then go straight home. And is like an Indiana Jones hat. But I'm just like, this guy knows Jesus. He just like the way he talks, the way he would preach a homily, like not looking anybody in the eye, but he would just, he could just like hear from where he was speaking. Um, and that, that is an amazing thing to be able to see how your friendships have, have shaped you kind of like my mom used to say you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with when somebody's a friend of jesus it just shows in how they are and it doesn't make you this catholicized neutered whatever lame automaton uh like out of a assembly line like you you have your personality still but and that's, I think that's what three North was so cool was like, there were so many different personalities, people from different countries, people from different backgrounds. And like, everybody was celebrated in their own way or mocked, <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> but in a loving way.
2: It's totally true. Yeah, we had an amazing cam. Dang it. Which I think it also did a great job of uh, allowing people to be themselves and yet, integrating them into something bigger than themselves, which then hopefully integrated into the bigger seminary. And that's why we would say like, we're the best damn best damn camp on campus with With high CPA. CPA. And, and then we would try to give that in service. And so we would stay later and stay after. And it was that we were our own thing did not mean that we were also not a part of this bigger seminary and that each individual was their own person. Doesn't mean that they lived on an Island. But it actually created this unique spirit of the cam and and then was structured and uh, and built up together and, and that's a really amazing thing like to have this unity in the midst of multiplicity uh, and to see it stack up well on the cam a bunch of individuals that are really different mm. I mean at one point we had a guy from Oh man, I'm trying to remember. Was it? I think he was from Cameroon, playing spoons in our in our Cam band.
1: And we did have a Cam band.
2: That's right. Fish head, bucket of fish heads. Rusty
1: bucket full of fish heads.
2: Rusty bucket full of fish heads. Mm-hmm.
1: Anthony. We played at the talent show. Anthony.
2: What? Yeah. Yeah. And and I think he was smoking a pipe too. And it was like the most. He was no 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 no, no 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 uh, excuse no. Me, excuse me. Anthony played
1: the spoons and Emmanuel Torres Fuentes. His only job <laughs> yeah. was to smoke a pipe for the band, uh-huh. like yep. during while we were performing. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you thank because you. I That's was so great. the only reason because Mano directed us, and um, I was so musically untalented that my instrument was an empty bag of chips that I would like. <laughs> <laughs> like every now and then, but we had Jack. Like, it was Jagger playing the violin and Mano could kind of violin. do all those instruments, and so I think it sounded wow. pretty good.
2: <clears throat> it was amazing. But that talk about like a mul- multiplicity of personalities and backgrounds, and I mean, any way that you want to talk about the great virtue of diversity, but molded into one and being a part of this bigger whole is like it's so cool to see. Not everybody was the same. And yet there was something that, that unified us and, uh,
1: and benefited everybody because of it. Mm-hmm. There's also rabid accountability. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I sincerely mean that. Like, you, I mean, you knew if you did something dumb, I mean, yeah. you were getting come after. That's
0: what I'm saying is there there were ways, mechanisms built in from before we were ever there mm-hmm. on how to hold each other accountable to the values. Um, but every once in a while, I mean, we did have like, it was a living tradition. I remember myself as alpha dog once having to kind of temper some of the, some of the attitude every once in a while, we just get too, I don't know, too macho or whatever. And just, we needed to be a little bit more sensitive and, uh, you had to always call it back to what, what's essential about dogness. It's not that we're just loud and, uh, braggadocious it's that we we are christ-like we we uh, certainly masculinity i think would have been one of the highest values you know that this is we're we're men who then are also called to this vocation of the priesthood or at least to discern it in the seminary but we do not cease to be men and that that was that showed forth in the way that we related to each other and the hobbies that we you know even chop for life like the wood the the woodcutting club for the pro-life stuff was ha- kind of housed in three North and stuff like that. It was so perfect yeah. too. that father Franzman was the dog father that he <laughs> it's just like the father. most utility player ever.
2: <laughs> Big time. And then even father dog coming on, like, well, father Ed, father the other Ryan. dog father. I yeah. Love him. He just fits so perfectly in there as well. And yeah, it was, it was just, uh, match made in heaven up there and i mean there were even times when we'd get a group that would go down and serve with the sisters and and so it it was uh, i think always ho- hopefully imbued with that that christ-like spirit um which is perfect as well i i'm sure we said this when we were on the cam but you know dog is man's best friend mm. and like that was a part of the spirit of you know it was like the essential spirit of dogness and it, it does surround around that friendship, I think.
0: I had on my door, that I think it was like the 12 virtues of the dog uh, that a servant of God should have. It was f- something in like, um, the while we're at it in First Things, I forget. But it was like that the dog will, as soon as it's... Um, if you, if you punish a dog, but then start petting it, it forgets the punishment and immediately starts wagging its tail, you know, or a dog never carries a duffel bag with him or he always just sleeps wherever he finds himself at night and things like like the humility, the service, the gratitude, the loyalty of a dog. But it was from some medieval thing that it was translated from Latin. But yeah, it is perfect. The dog as the who knows where that even came from sort of that's what's so cool about that tradition was that it was just kind of came out of nowhere there was no one author of it Mm. did we make it though i think we invented it i don't
2: quote me on this but i think that's our quote (laughs) that dog is man's best friend
0: oh did we invent that saying i maybe I'm looking for this, uh, virtues of the dog, man. Sometimes Google just fails you. You'd think
1: you can't find it on Google.
0: Maybe I'm remembering it wrong.
1: Flip me on it when you find it.
0: I'll flip you guys.
2: Yeah. Flip me on it. And, uh, Oh, I like that phrase. Flip me on it.
0: That's an old, that's old, like early 2000s, uh, business speak. My That's another thing I learned on the podcast. You told me that on the cast. Can you flip me on that? That means email me.
2: Shoot, I'm I'm just now getting that. <laughs> Y'all shouldn't flip me on that, <laughs> Connor. You need to find where you can speak into your computer microphone better, so Google can track you. Okay, we're talking about dogs.
0: Yeah, that's true. It should be dogs. it should be coming up as an ad in Facebook for me. Mm-hmm. It's true because we're talking.
2: Mm-hmm. Metaverse, well, guys. I'm gonna have to get going pretty soon.
0: Uh-huh. Well, at least it will feel joyful after this. Yeah. It's funny too because I told you guys before we started recording that this specific episode was gonna be much later that posted much later than we're actually recording it. So let's not talk about Christmas. And it became the can, Christmas episode. We made it our Christmas episode.
1: <laughs> I couldn't help it. I'm sorry. <laughs> we could we could save it for twenty three. That's too twenty three
0: for next Christmas. 22. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: That's
0: true. Sure, we think could about.
1: do that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, we're definitely just gonna post just it. Just, just post it.
0: All right, guys. See, you dudes. Take it easy.
1: Follow V Dogs North on Instagram. Ducks.
0: Good girl.